everyone. My name is Fallon Griffey and I teach lower elementary Montessori and I'm currently taking a class on how to design and facilitate an online learning class. This is for my master's degree. So today I'm going to talk about online learning and how different groups of students may tend to have different impacts on their learning. I'll also be talking about how to use this information to help with preparing for online learning in classrooms. So this could be um, both virtual all the way virtual are also hybrid. Online learning has drastically increased over recent years. We all have seen this, especially since the pandemic. According to the National Center for Education Statistics in February 2021, 43% of students were enrolled in online learning, 21% in hybrid learning, and 35% for face-to-face. Even as schools open their doors for students to go back to face-to-face, -to -face, it does seem like a lot of parents and even students still want to do virtual just because of how convenient it was for them. My district, we, um, we had the option for virtual, but it was a teacher specifically for virtual. And then the rest of them, the ones who didn't sign up to be a virtual teacher for a virtual school that was in our district, we just did hybrid and that alone was a whole can of worms. Um, so different implications on different groups of people can have different impacts on how they learn and how learning takes place. So this is also true for face-to-face, -face, but I'm going to mainly be talking about online learning. So the different types of groups I'll be talking about today are gender, which is going to be male versus female, age differences, and even students with different learning disabilities or styles, which also can have a lot of different impacts on how, how they learn. It could be both negative and positive. Um, here's a quote from the article, Age and Gender Differences in Online Behavior, Self-Efficacy, and Academic Performance. So it says, to help instructors design their online instruction to be effectively tailored to individual learners uh, of different age and gender groups, research should provide an answer to the question of how age and gender influences learners' online performance. So that's what I've been researching for this. So if we're going to first talk about age. Um, everybody, uh, lots of teachers teach different ages. I teach first, second, and third grade. So a lot of things I'll be talking about are younger ones, but some of the articles I have are for adult learners, like the one I'm about to read in a second. Um, different age ages have different challenges when it comes to online learning. First, obviously with younger grades, they kind of tend to think computers and other devices are fun and for gaming. But of course, as they transition into middle school and even high school and later on college and further learning, they start to understand that devices are used for assignments and to complete everyday tasks. So soon they'll start to use them more effectively. Online asynchronous learning is obviously easier for adult learners since most of us have jobs and you know we have those during regular school hours typically. Having the options to do classwork on our own time and still have open doors to be a lifelong learner and to educate ourselves has made online learning so powerful because it is so hard for adult learners when you work a typical nine to five job um, to go to school after that when you have a family. Furthermore, David DeBice and KidY inform us that time management is crucial learning skill for online learners. They also mentioned Hiltz from 1994 identified inadequate student time on task as prime cause of lower retention rates in online classes relative to classroom classes, so face-to-face. -face. 
They also noted that several studies that demonstrate the critical importance of time management for success in distance learning is general and online learning in, protect, in particular. Furthermore, in 2003, Lundberg reported that older students, which typically are 30 years of age and older, were able to manage time limitations more effectively than younger students. So this is all from the Journal of Geography and Higher Education. Um, they continue later on to talk about the differences even between older students as being undergraduate and graduates. So from like people who have already graduated and are older going back to school, like for example, like me get my master's. Um, they spent more time on their responding to messages, more time on the learning management system or the LMS, and they also spent more time answering emails more frequently than undergraduates. Um, asynchronous learning does not require a lot of time and or does, sorry, it does require a lot of time management skills and entrance motivation. So this is more obviously more apparent older students when you get to the younger students, like what I'm teaching, um, having asynchronous is very difficult. Um, some little tips I thought about after researching for age differences. Um, for instructors, having reminders and posting the amount of time needed for each lesson or assignment can help different learners be prepared and keep them on track. So this is better for asynchronous learning classrooms, um, having that time elapse, like maybe for this course each day, you'll need to do one or two hours, or this week, you'll be equated to 15 hours a week so that they can prepare and get their week ahead because a lot of people have different things on their schedule, including work and family obligations. For un, um, younger students, like the age group I teach, they obviously would benefit more from synchronous learning um, online since they would need more guidance and feedback. They also need more assistance considering that their parents could be working. So in my experience, when I taught hybrid, um, a lot of my parents were working and they would reach out to me because they were having difficulties. I couldn't teach. My district wouldn't allow us, allow us to do um, have a camera on us while we we're teaching in the classroom. So I could not teach my half of my students that were at home while teaching the ones in my classroom. So I have several um, parents coming at um, asking me different things a lot because, I mean, it is hard when they're working. And if they don't know the content I'm teaching or how I'm teaching, especially since I'm a Montessori teacher, it did make it a lot di more difficult for them. I had one parent even confront me and say she's just not qualified to teach her child. And I feel like in circumstances like this, especially with um, families that um, are working families, synchronous online learning would be most effective for them. Asynchronous is good for people who have that intrinsic motivation, time management for anyone who's older typically. Sometimes middle and high school can do really well with that as well, as long as there's a syllabus and reminders. Reminders are always a great thing for anybody to make sure you're up to date and on the same page as you as an instructor. All right, now I'm going to focus on gender. So males and females do have some differences in how they learn and how they perceive online learning. For instance, females tend to prefer more audio-based discussions. So according to, I think it's Jenk 2016, they say this result indicated that voice mechanism was more important for female participants than male. Females also tended to ask for more help than males. So these differences make their scores higher than males on online assignments. 
an empirical study found that females are more willing to seek help for their problems in online environments than male. And this was from a European Journal of Contemporary Education. But then if we look on the other hand, males tend to be more in tune with technology than females. So US-based studies conducted by K2009 and Psy2010 respectively have produced evidence suggesting that male students are significantly more comfortable with computers than females, and that uh, males have significantly higher internet use intensity than females. So this information is from the article, Ethnicity, Gender, and Perceptions of Online Learning in Higher Education. Um, this is by Ashong and Commander. So while I was continuing to research in this article, Another thing that they said was um, a review also by CAVE but 2008 found that most studies within the U.S. investigating the impact of gender have looked at computer attitude, ability, and or use. With 30 to 50 percent of studies reporting differences in favor of males, 10 to 15 reporting differences in favor of females, and 40 to 60 percent reporting no difference between genders. While there is persistent pattern of small differences in males' favor in terms of computer attitude, ability, and use, the results are not necessarily the same when it comes to perceptions and experiences of online learning. Also, a recent study by Johnson 2011, not really recent for us, um, for example, interestingly found that females perceived greater social presence in online learning, performed better, and we're more satisfied with the experience that than males. Um, so even though there are some dif differences, they both can obviously be, be successful and use these differences to help them accomplish their goals in the class. To me, it's not surprising that females tend to be more social than males and that males tend to be more tech savvy. Of course, these statements are not always true, but um, according to research, that's how it leans. Um, I teach, obviously, through third grade Montessori, so these articles fo focus more on higher education, but knowing the differences between males and females, even um, these kind of go for a younger age. You can see that even just in face-to-face -face classrooms. Knowing these differences, we can help these students better understand how they learn best. All right, I'm going to take a small break after this, and I'll be back with talking about special education. Hey everyone, now we're going to talk about special education and how it deals with online learning. So special education obviously looks a lot different online setting. Parents and guardians and even the students are able to choose when their child can receive services. So according to the Equity Matters Digital Online Learning for Students with Disabilities, students were able to select when they attended a small group session, or made an appointment with the teacher to make sure that the promise was made to families that um, anytime, any place learning was kept. And that was by Basham in 2015. This is more convenient for students and parents and can allow them to have more freedom, obviously, when they can receive these services. Um, online learning actually has a lot of benefits for students with different learning disabilities. To explain, Basham says, Further, many online learning systems offer mechanisms for supporting and or monitoring student engagement, 
moving support beyond basic physical and sensory accessibility and into the realm of universal design for learning, which is also referred to as UDL. Um, in my classroom, we do use a lot of different online resources that track how well a student is doing, how much time they're using the resource, and there's also a lot of different accessibilities for different students with different needs. For instance, um, Google, even when you do Google Drive or anything on their Google Docs, there's lots of things that they can do speech to text, um, which is a huge thing for students with disabilities. Um, they can also use different programs, a lot of LMS, LMS or learning management systems and different resources will also have the speech to text or text to speech and different types of audio enhancements to help with different needs. Um, as a teacher, you should be informed on different apps, different resources and how to use them for each student and learn all the students in your classroom that might have a learning disability or just might need a little bit more help with certain things. And this will help best reach them, especially in an online setting. Um, furthermore, another quote from Basham says that many students with disabilities can experience considerable success in online learning. For example, the online environment provides teachers with an opportunity to collect extensive information about students, approaches and responses to instructional tasks. So I think that is a huge thing for um, any uh, instructor. We need to know how to collect data, even if it's online, how to use that data to further teach and adjust how to best teach our children. Um, another, some more research as I was looking in this um, from Bernard Monteri in the Journal of Education points out another positive for learning online learning is that there is greater improvement in critical thinking, researching, use of computers, um, independent learning, problem solving, creative thinking, decision making, and time management skills of online students compared to their counterparts in traditional classroom settings. Of course, some students may need some assistance with those time management skills, especially the younger students, but over time, online learning can actually be very beneficial uh, in that perspective. Furthermore, the internet has potential to dramatically change the way students continue with their formal education, um, particularly students with learning disabilities who need the convenience of web-based instruction, WBI um, abbreviation, which allows students to be self-directed, self-paced, with the possibility of repeated reiteration, giving instructors a tool tools necessary to organize and deliver content in a well-defined teaching system and expand the learning process by providing activities such as discussion forums. And now this was from Kesselman and Tobin in 1999. Okay, so this article obviously is a little old, so 1999, but it is still applicable for today. Online instruction does allow more freedom for students, especially if it's asynchronous. It allows more times for students who may more need more breaks throughout the day. It also um, helps any student that might need more repetition. Um, maybe you need to look at the materials again, which honestly, that's good for any student with or without a disability because you might want to look back at the material. Whereas in a traditional classroom, it's kind of like once your teacher's done with the lecture or the lesson, you can't go back and rewind it. Um, online. 
uh, and face-to-face learning have significant differences. But in my opinion and many others, one is not better than the other if both are done correctly, correctly and effectively. Um, I'm a little partial to face-to-face instruction just because I like building that bond with my um, students in person, especially since they're so young. But as I've been researching and been taking these courses, online instruction is just as good as face-to-face, if not better in certain areas. But when we're focusing on this online learning, the instructor will come across a variety of learners. Any classroom you go into, you're going to have a variety of learners different groups that come with different differences and implications that can help them or harm them in learning. So as an instructor, we need to be informed and up to date, not only on the technology itself, but we also need to know how to effectively teach and reach all students, no matter the gender, age, or learning disability or challenge. No children obviously are the same, and educators need to try their best to build that rapport with them and know how to best teach each student. So thank you for listening, and I hope that we got something out of this episode that no matter the differences, that we need to learn about them so we can be better teachers. Thank you.